0: KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine this is socially distanced I'm Paxton Wright with me as usual uh, I guess as always except for a few times where he wasn't but but like as usual, 90 just as usual as usual 90, I'm here 90% Hi. of the time he is here hey he. you how, how you he. doing <laughs> I am he
1: uh,
0: I'm okay I'm all right cool
1: yeah it's... All right. oh
0: your name's justin by the way
1: yeah hi i'm, I'm justin i'm the other uh, host of socially distanced how's yeah. it going yeah
0: you know i i'm doing okay and i have the, the listen- listeners not you oh yeah. I, guess, yeah I guess no one really no one really cares how paxton's doing not in radio world we're just here to enter entertain you like monkeys talking about video games and yeah. uh and media and we're just we're just doing our little dance for you because that's all you people care about, isn't it? Is your your entertainment, your vapid entertainment, not just, our souls. You just want the little men inside of your speaker to talk to you about games
1: and sometimes a nightsham Milan movie. Anyway,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is our first time back since uh, since seeing each other in person, and the yeah. in person uh, post post like post old whiplash uh that like just magnetic energy we shared with isa that night two weeks ago uh we'll be gone tonight we're back to just kind of uh bowling bsing around on uh on uh zoom so you know when the the energy levels are lowered but hopefully we still have some fun and we learn a few things tonight
1: i don't want to learn anything tonight
0: yeah people, i mean that was a honest. stupid proposition not why. I why are you, that. what are you talking about i don't really know i don't really know i was dumb maybe we should just end the show here what's the point of going any further all right let's just do
1: 58 minutes of uh alice's restaurant and we'll call it
0: from there <laughs> so it's like so it'll just like play the song twice basically Uh, pretty
1: pretty much yeah no it's just gonna be like me telling a grandpa simpson story with like the most annoying guitar you've ever heard (laughs) playing in the background um
0: (laughs) not the big white ones they had to use those in europe because of the war which was the style at the time (laughs) important Um, part is that i tied an onion to my belt i'm not just gonna quote the simpsons on here we can't do that (laughs) i mean we could why not It'd be fun um, for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, so I guess we're talking news. What what news is in the news? That's entertainment news, not the bad news.
0: So yeah, well, the big entertainment news that we're not going to talk about because it's bad news, and I don't really know what more there is to say. Is the Astro World thing? It's not good. Hearts go out to the to the victims, uh, and uh, hopefully, this just uh, encourages further safety precautions at large events um uh the fact that yeah. the, there just wasn't yeah it was it was a, it was a million problems on top of one another it wasn't good um i don't really have much more to say yeah, about astro world other than it's very sad that it happened uh,
1: uh yeah no seriously like yeah no sounds like a, like it, it, that's a nightmare right Just like what a what a what a frightening, awful thing. I I don't have anything else to
0: say about it than that, you know. And that'll be bad. Now let's talk about Grand Theft Auto. Um (laughs) uh, so Grand Theft Auto, uh the Grand Theft Auto trilogy, basically the remastered definitive edition, uh released today. Um two response mixed response as the initial uh, trailers which is shocking that it came out now given that the thing only really started having any press like a month ago but um which is very unusual especially for rockstar who loves to tease their games two and a half years in advance um but uh yeah i uh, the game is being met with mixed reception for controls that are somewhat finicky but uh, still a vast improvement from the original um they did not somehow learn their lesson from the uh silent hill hd remaster and they removed fog to increase draw uh, to to show off the limited draw distance and it looks real bad Uh, all of the signs are in
1: comic sans now too so they didn't (laughs) learn that lesson either
0: (laughs) I wish, man. I, I'd forgive everything. And then the biggest thing—the biggest thing that I think a lot of people are goofing on, which I have some—I I think hot takes on—are um, the character models, which are really just upresed, slightly reworked versions of the original character models. Um, uh, in, in
1: I think in some cases there are some comparison screenshots going around of things that seem like total reworks that are. That this is not good yeah but um but yeah no like there's been a, a lot of uh, a lot of people have been complaining about these character models i ba- i think basically since like the
0: trailers hit yeah and and i will say from the original trailer i have been a pretty staunch defender of these character models they ain't perfect particularly anatomically like there are some ridiculous proportions uh on these characters like i think the the screenshot that is funniest to me is Ryder from uh, san andreas on his bicycle where his bones just don't work like human bones at all he kind of if we're actually going to refer back to (laughs) a couple weeks ago he kind of looks like he's suffering from bonitis on that bicycle (laughs) Ryder doesn't seem to be doing well
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, uh but it's a sign of a good radio host i'm meaning meaning me who just like immediately like goes silent immediately just like dies laughing silently so not even playing it for radio at a, at an inside joke on a show that like hasn't even been. anyway um yeah no because immediately i saw that it was like oh yes but the <laughs> triumphant
0: return of bonitis <laughs> <laughs> it's look the thing is The game certainly lacks some polish aesthetically. I haven't gotten my hands on it yet. Like I'll say that I have not played the thing yet. Um, But from what I've seen, it certainly lacks some polish. And I think that can be attributed to the fact that this thing was only published by Rockstar and was developed by Grove street games who are, uh, I was going to say known, but I should just be more blunt and say like notorious for their ios and android ports of uh rockstars games that's pretty much the main thing they have in their library and those ports are not good um they're pretty bad. I've only played three, and the the three in Vice City ports, which other than Chinatown Wars is considered the best port, because obviously you look at it, that that is a game that is made to be on mobile. Well, that that was that was a that was a DS game or something, right? It was a DS game, so it works on mobile. But uh, the three in Vice City ports are considered the two better ones of the three uh, D ports, uh, and they're pretty bad. So San Andreas, which is the one that receives the most vitriol, I haven't even touched. Um, But yeah, the fact that these guys who really have never once knocked it out of the park were the ones who developed this thing uh i do think speaks some volumes but i also think it speaks some volumes as to where they succeeded now i i should get back to my original point that i started with and then lost the plot of which is the fact that i think the character models with some exceptions are pretty fun i think they look as they should they are not remotely photorealistic they are weird clay sculpture people but that's what they were in the original games too. They looked goofy even on the PS2 and I I don't mind it for the most part.
1: It, yeah, I, I mean like I, I'm going to be honest, like I don't really have a dog in this fight necessarily cuz like I have only played like a I've only played like a bit of San Andreas, a bit of uh Vice uh, um, city? city. I was going to say Miami Vice and I was like that's not it. I would love um, a Miami Vice game uh, it wasn't the one based I, on the I movie. I wish. I wish there was a Miami Vice game based on the movie.
0: <sighs> well no, there mm. is one. I believe there is one and it's supposed to be really bad. It's supposed to be really really, there, really bad. Really? There is one? I, I'm pretty I mean, sure I guess, there is. Like one.
1: it would have it would have been mid-aughts. at the time, right? Yeah, yeah so it was the mid-aughts course. that was when like the Scarface game came out, and, like the Sopranos game came out, I think, and uh yeah, all, all of these you know uh all of these like crime properties that extremely did not want a video game um <laughs> but anyway uh yeah i don't know so like i don't really have a dog in this fight having like only played a, a bit of the kind of a original um or like the the, the 3d uh kind of uh like those those like xbox ps2 era gta games but i'll say looking at this like so to actually describe it for our listeners because you know we can't post a picture for you unfortunately because uh let me tell you about the radio there aren't any <laughs> give it uh, 20
0: years we'll get the augmented reality kinks worked out and then it'll be fine. That,
1: that'll that'll really be finally like the collapse of distinctions between media right when we start like you know tacking images on the radio and it's just like it's fair game you know <laughs> um oh god i just all, no. <laughs> all of radio is now just a podcast uploaded to youtube with like little images added in uh, windows movie maker um uh yeah anyway um there's no jokes so, there i don't know <laughs> no let's just the, yeah no i'm just describing truth um but yeah uh so the, the distinction is you know the well the original games look like an xbox or ps2 game and i'll get a little more specific in a second and the basically the the remaster is cartoony you know like you get this kind of like higher level of fidelity uh it seems like higher higher polygon counts and that kind of uh is used in service of I, i saw someone describe um uh, I, I, I think I saw someone describe this as like, they kind of look like Sims now. Like they yeah. sort of look like Sims 4 characters. And I think that's actually not far off. Um, and I don't know, like there's something, it's like the the original models are also cartoony, right? There's something very, there's, a, there's this quality of uh, game characters that I find sometimes that I can't really describe in any other way, except they seem empty like the like literally empty like they're full of nothing um and that to me like really like is what characterizes the uh basically everything before GTA 4 like how like the characters in GTA look like they look like basically paper dolls um
0: and go, ahead. No, go go ahead i'll let you finish your point
1: well and basically i was just going to say so they they look like that to me and like that to me is like it's distinctive uh or like i i find that it's a quality of like that era to a certain extent like not all games looked like that you know so like you you mentioned the silent hill remaster i think like the silent hill uh the silent hill games are kind of like i think an example of like an xbox ps2 era thing that like where actually those characters feel very like literally like in terms of the play feel quite weighty and I think like there is a grit to those images that actually like makes those uh people kind of like you know look more real like they look realer than other things from that era um so so despite that kind of like that that like that weightlessness or what I perceive to be a kind of like weightlessness in these original character models I think there is a kind of (sighs) I'm not saying that there's like there's not an attempt to there's not necessarily an attempt at realism in these things but I think there is a kind of I wouldn't describe these character models as being like inherently cartoony in a certain way Like there's a certain kind of like mannequin quality about them but I wouldn't say they're cartoony originally and I think that kind of that way and like the cartooniness of the new game seems like this way of a negotiating the fact that they're not doing like a full kind of like you know they're not going for photorealism in the kind of like the in the mold of something like even like a gta 4 but especially not like a gta 5 they're they are trying to kind of like split the difference and go like this is higher fidelity but not going to be the like the, the fidelity that one would expect of a photorealistic game therefore we're going to try and split the difference and make everyone look kind of cartoony and I think that is actually an aesthetic change that um, like people are, are, are recognizing that is an aesthetic change. And I think that is the thing that's kind of like um, not making people upset, but the thing that people are eager to uh, make fun of, I guess, I don't know. It's a, so I think there is a change there. Like, I, I think that would be my, my argument, I guess, but anyway, sorry, you're going to say something. Go ahead.
0: Well, actually, I'm I'm very glad I let you finish that thought because uh, I think my take is like almost the exact opposite, um, <clears throat> at least on the original trilogy. Um, I think that, uh, and this also might go to the fact that our experience with the original trilogy, I mean, we're just for the sake of argument, we'll call it the original trilogy, uh, the original 3D trilogy. Um, I think our experience with it is greatly different. You said you've only ever gotten your hands on Vice City and San Andreas a little bit. Whereas mm. I was like, I, I spent my childhood watching my brother play those games three through San Andreas, like for hours on end. Now, when mm. I got a little older up into like, I think around like fifth, sixth grade, I got my hands on Vice City for the first time. And it like rocked my world that uh, that trilogy of games like just like it, it captivated me in such a like in every way in that like I loved the art direction even and like I loved that like that weird clunky as you described it like paper dolls look of those characters and that like actually did help shape my own as, as a cartoonist that actually did like a lot of the early grand theft auto art has like shaped a lot of my own art i've like mm-hmm. drawn a lot of influence from it into my own work it's particularly the promotional art which i have always just adored and i'm blanking on the artist's name off the top of my head which i feel guilty about but the the artist who's worked on that whole franchise is like a huge huge inspiration to me um the writing which is obviously it's very 12 year old boyish and like like very clunky and uh crass for the sake of crass uh still had a like it felt highbrow as a 12 year old if that makes sense it was like because there was like an attempt at wit and an attempt at satire that kind of falls flat on its face but it like it does it in a way that it like when your standard for like satire at that time is at that age is like Newgrounds cartoons when a game can like just slightly pass the bar of a new grounds cartoon it it blows your mind at that for me personally um but yeah, so those games and also like shape my music taste. Well, I didn't care about music at all as a child. And then I played Vice City and then I got obsessed with New Wave um, like as, as a kid. Like so it was a big deal for me. That's, um, that is one of those just to
1: quickly interject. I think that is one of those like presentation things that people do kind of like say sort of unimpeachable about yeah. the GTA games is their soundtracks. Like oh, it's, yeah, It's pretty. They're They're all pretty top-notch
0: which there's another thing too a lot of the soundtrack for vice city and san andreas got next which is understandable but a lot of the best ones we lost the the kate Mm -hmm. bush we lost the nwa we lost uh we lost uh we lost a lot of good stuff man there's a lot of good stuff that got cut from that soundtrack the michael jackson which is understandable that already got cut from the mobile version anyway but uh yeah the michael jackson tracks are gone all that stuff's gone but uh but even so um Ozzy Osbourne's gone uh my my point being that like I really really liked those original character models and still do to this day because I think that they are so weird and absurd that like they look completely subhuman they don't look right at all they don't even quite look cartoony either they just look like GTA characters and they're thus very physically expressive I love the cutscenes in those games to this day because those characters are so physical in how they carry themselves to like kind of make up for their limited facial animations. Um, and like there is so much in like their body language that I think it like and the way they dress, like, like, uh, costuming is very important in those original games, which I love too. I love to see that attention to detail, even when it's, yeah, far lower poly. Than what we have now, like and and obviously there's a lot more sort of grit and rough around the edges to it, but like costuming is very key, and I love that as well. Um, whereas on the other hand, Silent Hill Two, which I a game I adore, I am not about to go bashing Silent Hill Two. I think Silent Hill Two has much you know better rendered faces that are a lot more expressive, that have a lot more to them. But those characters, and I think this is an intentional choice because those characters, particularly James are very empty and kind of listless and dreamlike i think like and like their their sort of paths of logic are very weird and sort of based on that like based on like their subconscious more than anything else like particularly like that like i forget i forget her name but the woman in the gray sweater who acts like she's four years old basically um who you the first character you meet in Silent? yeah
1: yeah yeah, no i i know exactly which character you're speaking of and i cannot remember her name
0: Yeah yeah but those characters like they're intentionally like kind of husks of people like that is that is on purpose um but i think that writing in tandem with like those far higher detailed faces like to me those characters have a lot less emotion behind them and the fact that they also carry themselves like human beings that they aren't flailing their arms around like gta characters i don't know maybe i'm just more inclined to the cartoony bonkers nonsense of gta but point being i like that they split that difference to Mm -hmm. for the for the re-release i like Mm -hmm. i like seeing that sort of as you said meeting in the middle and while i think there are definitely some models that look awful in particular (laughs) like candy sucks uh from uh from vice city the the porn star character um who like that one's been going around a lot who now looks like like some weird malformed she hulk um like oh yeah yeah, yeah I it's saw not that, yeah. it's not great but by and large i'm i'm pretty happy with where they are and i think they carried that spirit that i at least inferred from the original franchise i think that is still very present in what i'm seeing
1: uh yeah that's um you know like i'm not gonna I'm not going to push back on that uh, at all because, you know, it seems like you have a much, you have a, you absolutely have a much deeper relationship with these games than I do. Um, but I, I will say, I find it really interesting kind of like what you are, honestly, like what you're identifying and like how that kind of, uh, like what you're identifying in like the, the, the spirit of the games themselves, if I'm uh, reading you right. And kind of like how that justifies the sort of like the, the aesthetic, uh, well, what, like, what I would describe as an aesthetic move, and what I think you would not describe as an aesthetic move, that kind of, um, yeah, like that kind of cartoony quality. Because I mean, like, you know, like the, these GTA games are cartoons, right? Like they are. Like the the, the new grounds comparison, I think, is sort of um, uh, interesting in the, in that regard. I think like they there's are... a reason.
0: There's a reason every other cartoon on that website was some variation on Grand Theft Mario or Grand Theft Sonic, like. not wrong um (laughs) i'm sorry but i had to bring that up
1: um yeah yeah i don't know so like I, i think um i'll say part of part of like the the also just as a side note um i find the kind of the fact that you are like pointing to the sort of like the The full body performance of these characters is something you recognize uh, as interesting because I I think that's interesting. It's interesting to me personally because like I as an undergrad like wrote about how basically uh, suturing of like uh, audio to bodies and games like works different just kind of like formally because there's a point at which games were so low fidelity that you couldn't actually see like that mouths basically couldn't move in any way that was like realistic. So bodies become like the things that voices are kind of like stapled to. And so you have bodies moving and that is like, you know, like, like the body becomes the thing that acts and not the face in games, at least at the first, you know, in, in sort of early instances. So at as one point, that's cool. It's like, I'm thinking about what I wrote when I was 21. Um, but uh, it sounds like a neat paper. I'll yeah, say that. It, was, it was okay. You know, I was a twenty-one-year-old who hadn't read enough theory yet. Um, but um, the, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, like there's this kind of. Uh, I think you, you are receiving a spirit of these games, and uh, that is more cartoony and like is like something that maybe like p- people who are still fans of these things in a kind of nostalgic way like should you know reckon with a little bit. I guess that these things are like you know cartoons like they they have cartoon characters with cost it with you know identifiable costumes you know that, like a i can't remember tommy is that the main character's tommy name versetti in, in, yeah i said yeah um you know like his hawaiian shirt the uh the the, the black jacket on i the, I'll, I'll, as someone who wears- doesn't actually have a name
0: right uh, in three, no, no. What uh, they call him Claude, like that's mm. just like the fan ascribed name to him. I think he might even be uh, credited as Claude, but no one ever says his name. Mm. Uh, th- three is uh, one one thing I keep seeing when I see stuff about the uh, like the soundtracks getting cut down. I keep seeing people be like, "But at least three is intact," and I was like, "I have three. The one that uses entirely royalty free music." cool thank (laughs) god we didn't lose any of that
1: (laughs) Uh, great that that is yeah the the loss of um yeah the loss of music from uh vice city and san andreas is unfortunate but i mean like they've been like cutting music like actively from that's, that's like the, four and five over time haven't? yeah them?
0: four has like like a third of its soundtrack is gone now like a lot of their biggest bangers are gone and like the thing is a lot of the the vice city and san andreas stuff was already gone from the mobile ports like and the and the um the console like the, the ports like uh, have lost a lot of that soundtrack already but the additional ones that we lost hurt they hurt
1: yeah, and like, and that's just—I mean, this this is a separate issue, but just like, that's that music licensing, meant, Like that, like like that—that that was like the whole reason that, like, uh, you know, Alan Wake like got, got like almost got like axed, right? From oh yeah, digital storefronts was just because like the the license like ran out on the or, fact like, that was about to, run and out. the fact
0: that there is a whole sequence in Alan Wake where the licensed music is actually essential to the gameplay, <laughs> where like. Uh, <laughs> it's a major are you talking, talking
1: about the the um the the, the concert scene yes yeah, yeah. um <laughs> and there's well, things but like also like the music is like recorded for the game like that That's... one incredibly stupid song the poet and his muse which i listened to a lot when i after i played alan wake like the lady
0: like... <laughs> of the light
1: <laughs> yeah it's anyway like th- that is like one of those things that like you know, one of the many things that we lose in our kind of a digital, like our digital present, like what was at one point the digital future that is now the digital present is that like, yeah, like licensing ends up just like affecting, like, it is a thing that like, you know, like, like the, the licenses on these things run out and then they get cut from the game rather than, you know, like if you, uh, I presume if you still have a disc version of GTA 4 or or any of these games, you know. The, the yeah, it's still still there. there you know yeah like i played like i played
0: it, vice city on ps2 like three years ago um yeah. i was at a friend's house who still owned a functional ps2 and we played a little vice city and uh yeah it was wild to play that game again because i i played ports of it by that point it's wild to play that game again and hear billy jean and be like oh my god right oh right <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and it's just
0: uh, yeah like that is just a
1: that it, it, it's one of those like erasures of like history that kind of uh yeah th- that is just part and parcel with a uh, digital distribution um that you know people are going to talk about and then we're all going to forget about uh yep. so that's a that's another kind of a bummer tied to uh, this whole gta remaster thing
0: yeah well i mean ultimately hopefully stuff gets patched um there i mean ultimately so much can but like at least some of the gameplay and visual settings can be adjusted because uh, those seem to be those seem to be the biggest deterrence from what i've read in reviews is like this game feels like a bun that's still in the oven and needs more time so like hold off um which very funny speaking of when we come back we're going to talk about a very personal bun that uh is still in the oven but uh you can you can get a nibble on it now and you're gonna know more what i mean by that weird kind of vaguely creepy uh setup i gave in just a minute after this intermission justin is there anything you'd like to say to the people before we go to intermission
1: no but after that metaphor i think i need about two minutes of break from you paxton so we'll return after this
0: that's for the best all right see y'all soon
1: Listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is socially distanced. I am Justin Kiever, and with me is Paxton Wright. Paxton, how are you?
0: Good. Remember when I told you I had a bun, a good old tasty bun in that oven?
1: Uh, I sure do. A delightfully scrumptious,
0: that. nice, moist, and rich bun that you can just sink your teeth right into. It's like nothing, like biting into a cloud you Remember, Justin? This has been socially distanced. <laughs> I'm Justin Kiever. Just play the human league again. <laughs> Cut us out with more human league. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, no, I mean, that is, uh, you know what, this is Feast in the Weast, so I guess it really is time to talk about the bun that is in uh, Purple Car Studios'
0: oven. Yeah, the, 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 the purple bun the purple car bun uh, um it's... yeah oh,
1: let's just hop hey, right in hey it. you made you made a video game we're I talking a... about your video game because we have integrity <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> and but but
0: but uh per per kucis station policy we are not advertising this game we are not telling people to go purchase this game We are simply telling them about this game that I, I, uh, myself and a a team of very cool, talented people uh, put together over the last year or so. And uh, we just hope hope the listeners do with that information what they will.
1: Yeah. And and I mean, and also, you know, uh, I I played a bit of it today and uh, was interested in talking about it because, uh, you know, it, it is frankly not often that I get to talk with a game developer about their work and uh, fortunately i happen to uh i know you from somewhere paxton so we could you know arrange this and have this conversation um yeah, yeah you're no,
0: uh, I'm, I'm friends with your uncle we we put this together and uh <laughs> yeah so let's see what you got
1: <laughs> oh boy um <laughs> i'm never gonna get a job at polygon if this doesn't go well um yeah no uh so the game is uh up late with phil crocker right am i getting the the title right
0: that is the title yes
1: um yeah i feel bad asking that but the thing is like this is coming from i've seen a lot of because i follow purple car on uh twitter i just kind of like see a lot of this and go like okay i know the title i know the title then
0: like the instant it comes time to recite the title i'm like oh Oh, yeah well it's terrifying Um, when you're when you're in the presence of a celebrity you know (laughs) (laughs) it's not um, easy
1: yeah uh no it's it, it really is not um but yeah the, so the game is up late with phil crocker uh yeah i, I have uh, only really played the uh, very beginning um it's uh the game is currently in alpha right now available on uh i think it, it just itch right
0: just itchio. we will be releasing the final product uh on steam down the road but we as we're working out kinks as this game is still kind of a work in progress we're keeping it on itch for the time being
1: yeah, and um, nothing wrong with that. It's just uh, a you know a good good platform for indie stuff. Um, yeah, and uh, so you know for the listeners, I'll just say that like you know my experience of it so far is it is a kind of a visual novel slash point and click adventure game. Uh, uh, where you play as and I'm presuming you play as the same character the entire time. You play as a kind of uh um, oh, do you not? Maybe okay maybe oh curious there's Um, there's some
0: developments there
1: okay interesting so in in that case uh in that case i'm going to cut myself off and i'm just simply going to ask you paxton to kind of like give us the lowdown uh who is phil crocker and why should i stay up uh late with him well, as to say what? What is this game? Tell, give, 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 us the, give us the pitch. What is? This I
0: was thing? trying to think of a joke to be like, it's a game where you have a sleepover with a guy named Phil Crocker and you get into hijinks, but that's not what happens. Um, no, this is a game. Yeah, yeah. But you basically hit it on the money. So this is a game. It's essentially a, by and large, a visual novel, but yeah, with some point and click adventure elements, um, <clears throat> wherein you play as a guest on a fictional late night talk show um, called. Up Late with Phil Crocker, hosted by a man known as Phil Crocker, uh, and it's broken up into four chapters. Uh, so chapter one is, and it's the same, it's it's e- exactly 10 years apart to the day between each chapter. So you have 1963, 73, 83, and 93 uh, on the set of this show. And so you play as the guest on uh, in each chapter. Uh, and... Your guest, sort of depending on how you play, it's tough to it's tough to get into this without giving too much away, but your guest is essentially uh, some form of, I don't even necessarily want to say leftist, but like a progressive ideologue in some capacity or another um, mm-hmm. who is not like, that's not why you're there. You are a celebrity. You are a person of interest. You are a person in the spotlight. Um, but you are also a very outspoken advocate for uh, what at least at the time would be considered very progressive thought. Even though by now a lot of these thoughts may seem mundane, for their time, they're fairly controversial. Uh, Phil Crocker and his co-host, Martin Waldorf, who is kind of a... Martin is basically like our... uh, uh, He's like our Ed McMahon stand-in, but he has more of a um, Rodney Dangerfield aspect of adam is kind of a big jovial hey ho, oh, like hokey comedian guy um and crocker's kind of hokey too but they are sort of like a johnny carson or a jack parr or jack benny dick Cavett. uh it's that type of show but they have a bit more of a right-wing skew to them um and that is they try to keep under wraps but they definitely like that is an element of their show, which is largely pitched as like a sort of pushback against the uh, uh, generally liberal sort of late night media landscape. Even back in the day, it's actually quite surprising when I was doing research for this game and like because I've always been a fan of late night. Even though I think it's pretty much all terrible now, like I still like late We and we've talked about this on the show before, but like late night as a as a format has always fascinated me. And that's partly why I wanted to make this game in the first place. But late night, even back in the day, like doing research and seeing like quotes from Ed McMahon and uh, yeah, like Dick Cavett and which we actually open the game with a quote uh, from dick cavett
1: i I was gonna mention that yeah like that is the 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 opening of the game is a quote from dick cavett that is basically about um what
0: is the quote it's uh Uh, it's slop uh sloppy language leads to sloppy thought and sloppy thought leads to sloppy legislation um which i like yeah going back and reading these quotes like they're like kind of mind-blowing to like these guys were shockingly progressive particularly for their time which like you know it's no surprise they're comedians but like still like the outspokenness was very brazen and like controversial and it was kind of it's surprising to me to hear that like these guys are such household names who are revered by so many regardless of where they fall on the stupid political alignment chart meme thing Uh, that, like, they still have this, like, reverence behind them, despite, like, their pretty outspoken stances on these things. Um, But, yes, so Phil Crocker up late is basically a show that acts as an antithesis to that. Um, They're not so far into, like, the Greg Gutfeld territory, but obviously that territory didn't really even exist at the time. But Mm -hmm. it's an element that is present. So your character is someone who is naturally going to clash with that. Uh, And the way you as the player choose to approach that is going to affect sort of where your player goes and where the show and where Phil Crocker goes over the decades. Uh, And in kind of interesting ways. I don't want to give anything away, obviously, but like your play style will affect the game in ways that I I don't think the player will expect. I have my own qualms with branching path narratives. I think they're in some ways a little outdated and a little too, they're a little more rigid than you know they want to be. And I, I do think if I can eat some humble pie here for a minute, I think ours is a little more rigid than I wanted it to be, but I've never made a game before. And uh, so of like half the people working on this thing. And so we were all kind of tackling it ourselves. And I still am fairly proud of where it came, uh, where it came to be. Anyway, point, long and short of it, the long of it, but wrapping it up, uh, you uncover a lot about this show. You uncover a lot about Phil Crocker, who he himself is a man of a lot of sort of mystique and uh, is kind of an enigma himself in that like, No one really knows where he came from. The network just sort of planted him on this show uh, back in the 50s before the game starts. And uh, he like, yeah, his comedic background is unknown. His sort of his upbringing is unknown. He's just this guy. And he became like kind of a household staple. And so you learn more about who Phil is and you learn more about what this show is and you learn more about what this network NBN is. And uh, yeah, depending on your play style, it'll it'll determine the future of these things, and it will determine how much you learn about these things.
1: That's uh, that's that's interesting. Um, you know, like I hadn't really like like the, the game also kind of like opens with sort of the the introduction of like the you know this meter that kind of uh, your responses on the show fill which is basically like it's interesting because it's kind of like this progressive meter that nonetheless sort of like proceeds by what i would describe as like adjectives that don't seem to kind of like build on one another it's like you know like this you know the bottom of the Uh, the bottom of the uh, meter is like neutral then it goes to charming and then crude or something like that as this kind of like but it's still this kind of cumulative progression um so i guess uh i guess before i kind of get into the rest of like what i've experienced and what i want to ask you about yeah can you explain like the how does that why that kind of meter I guess like what is that like uh expressing to you like the fact that you have this kind of meter that like you know is sort of like you know that that moves between these like different adjectives that kind of like don't seem that I'm gonna be honest with you, like don't seem that related at first glance necessarily yeah. like what is yeah like what is um why that like what 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 motivated that decision
0: so that is basically, well, it's called the Craig Mile meter is our, uh, is our term for it, which we uh, endearingly named after uh, our, our uh, one of the guys in charge of who, who was in charge of our marketing for a while. And also has done, did some of the graphic design. He designed all the network logos and he designed the, the show logo itself, the Phil Crocker logo, Zane Craig Mile, um, a former roommate of me, and uh, original co-developer uh, Ian Ring, we lived with him several years ago, and we brought him on the project, and we we're like, the, let's-
1: the Owen Wilson to your Wes Anderson." I exactly. just watched the French Dispatch folks.
0: Um, anyway. <laughs> but yes, we, we um, liked his yeah, pretty good. Uh, we we liked his uh, we liked his last name, and we're like, and he's like, hey, he's working on the project. let's just put him in the game. Uh, And so it's, it's the Craig mile meter, but it's basically, it's a reflection on um, Nielsen ratings. So Mm. your actions will affect the show's ratings. So point being, again, I don't want to get too into the weeds with it for the sake of, you know, surprise, but uh, the point being, if you play boring, the shows, which is neutral, the show's going to be boring. You're not an exciting guest, you're low energy, you aren't really giving the host a lot to work with, people are gonna tune away, people don't care. Um, You play good and you play charming, yeah, you're a great late night guest. You know, you you plug the thing. You're fun. You're silly. You banter, and everybody likes that. It's, it's it's a fun way to watch the show. But ultimately, unless you really knock it out of the park, a la you know, as we've talked about, like Norm Macdonald, unless you mm. are someone who really just delivers one hell of an interview, at the end of the day, your interview is still fairly disposable and gets lost in the ether of the daily late night talk show cycle. If you go bad if you go dramatic if you go crude if you go outrageous those ratings are going to spike because it's i mean think about it i as someone who watched conan almost my entire life and has watched a lot of letterman and has gone back and seen a lot of old carson a lot of old parr like as someone who just is very fixated and fascinated in the genre um other, again, than like the monumentally great interviews, which were very far and few between, the ones you go back and revisit for the most part of the terrible interviews, the, those are the ones that like stick in your memory like, oh my God, remember when such and such did X thing on like... Uh, on whatever show like one of the most notorious i'm blanking on her name at the moment But there was a woman who i believe was on 90210 she was an actress on something and she was on conan back in the 90s with um stephen wright was the other guest on the show Mm -hmm. and it is you feel sorry for her because she's trying her best she really is trying but she is just crashing and burning to the point where like she kind of turns the audience against her and then like in an effort to be funny tries to like roast Stephen Wright to the point where she's ultimately just kind of mean to Stephen Wright. And so Stephen Wright sort of has no choice but to retaliate and it's real ugly, but like it's stuff like that or there's one where it's Burt Reynolds and another guy who's a name I also forget. He was kind of a comedian. He was like a Nickelodeon host in the 90s, but they were both on, I think it was Letterman. No, it was on, they were on Leno. And these guys just so clearly right off the bat clearly had some drama backstage because this guy's just like trying to play along this, this Nickelodeon is like kind of just trying to do his show. And Burt Reynolds is just seething with anger and they get to the point where they're just being like exchanging like passive aggressive quips to the point where like, they're not like roasting. They're being mean. They're, they're angry at each, each other. And it is great television. So my point being, like, there is, like, these are reflective on, these actions are reflective on the ratings the show is going to receive, and how those ratings affect the show are going to affect a lot about how the show operates, about Phil Crocker's own mental and physical well-being, and it's going to reflect a lot on what you learn, essentially, and that is as much as I, like, feel comfortable saying. Okay
1: um i guess uh, one point of clarification just cuz i'm curious so like the, the the meter is a meter and i guess like are you uh, is the narr does the narrative structure work in such a way where you're like always incentivized just to pick the crude option cuz like, it gets the most ratings or is there a kind of
0: like oh no okay no there's okay. there's big incentive to go in all three directions all right Okay. All, all three including neutral they have incentives
1: okay cool i, I don't ask you to uh, elaborate more than that but that was just uh, something i was curious about and i'm very happy that that's the answer because i find that you know much more interesting yeah um yeah
0: we we didn't we there is no one thing we were really proud of when we wrote this thing was there is no clear-cut good or bad ending every ending mm-hmm. is kind of its own sort of little nuanced bag of like and there's a point to that very cool.
1: That's, uh, no, that, that, that also sounds very cool. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, while I'm, you know, sitting here being complimentary, uh, I'll go ahead and say like, yeah, I, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, person to person, host to host, friend to friend, uh, I was impressed with what I played. Uh, you know, Thank I, you. um, I dipped my toe into game development, mostly as a student, but like tried to make something and it was, like a little like twine thing that actually like playing uh some phil crocker like i went back to my thing and was just like oh boy um but uh but yeah no like there was just it was immediately evident just kind of like there there's an ambition to this game and like a real like w- which manifests uh, like in small ways like it's like weird things that it's going to sound like weirdly condescending for me to kind of like point this out but i don't mean it this way where like the fact that like you could look around while you're having these conversations with people so if you haven't played the game it's a, you know it's a visual novel and it seems to be pretty explicitly kind of like told from a first person perspective which i'll say that like you know i know that uh, y'all want to have voice acting in there and i actually think voice acting will be really helpful for kind of like uh making the making it a little clear like in the moment who's speaking because i mean there's always the name there because it's a visual novel but like sometimes you're just kind of going and um that that problem is
0: we have, we have noticed that as well. We are, and that is beyond voiceover. We're trying to work something out to make that UI a little more friendly.
1: Like it's, it's it is not the end of the world.
0: Um, But uh, but yeah, so
1: it's this kind of like, so it's this kind of first person thing. And just like, just like the, the little thing of being able to kind of like look around a little bit while you're having these conversations. Like, you know, I always think of the visual novel as like a form that is just so, so rigid, really, and I mean that, like, not, you know, like, in terms of, you know, in terms of narrative structure, like, the things that, you know, you're, you're saying you want to kind of get away from, and maybe didn't fully succeed in getting away from, but did want to kind of, you know, get away from, like, kind of narrative rigidity, but also just, like, in terms of, uh, you know, embodiment, you know, like, it's very much, like, it always feels, like, it's a genre that can feel so static, and just, like, the little, the relatively like that little bit of i don't want to call it agency but that kind of that affordance of being able to just sort of like glance around uh really does it just kind of it adds a lot like it's this little touch that really does that like to me kind of like immediately spoke to a uh, yeah j- just like, like an attempt to do something with the form of the visual novel you know like when like like again like I made a twine game with some audio stuff and it like at the end of the day it was extremely a twine game and it felt very limited by that and there's already this kind of a this way that I can see you all trying to you know you, you know like not subvert the genre of the visual novel necessarily like I have not seen that yet maybe that is there but I haven't seen that yet but like at least kind of like just give it like this tiny amount of breathing room and it's, yeah, it's a little thing that just it but it made a huge impression on me that's why I'm talking about it well
0: I will um, say that full credit goes to um full credit goes to Ian Ring who was one of the original uh co-creator he sort of helped develop the initial story and did some of the original programming and that was that was his creative decision and it re- I I completely agree I noticed that too it really paid off
1: and, and um and yeah, and like and the the art is I think really good across the board. The I, I know that it's like an external asset, but like the the TV filter, which uh, uh like the TV filter just just works as well. Like I think it, it adds a lot to the uh, I think it adds a lot to the art. I know it's just kind of like a like a filter sort of like you know not a proprietary thing, but like you know like a thing that was added. But nonetheless, it's a good choice. Like yeah, I I just I. I it, it, I appreciated that just the, the feel and aesthetic of the thing kind of like from the jump. So Thank I think you. I just, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, on the record. Cool. Wow. I'm, I'm looking forward to playing more. Justin um, supports
0: my endeavors folks. Yeah. Who would have thought <laughs> this is huge news. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So I guess like, you know, I, I don't want to, as much as I want to kind of like needle you on like plot details and stuff um, because Because, yeah, that is the thing is like, you know, what you told me off off mic is that it's, you know, it's a game that uh, that unfurls that, you know, like goes in places that one might not expect from this kind of like opening, which is a fairly, you know, which, you know, uh, is conceptually fairly banal. You know, like you are a you're a guest and, you know, like I basically have gotten through the conversation where the like the producer or something just kind of comes in and says, hey, Phil Crocker is a little weird. just letting you know, anyway, know that before you go on um and you go like okay yeah like you know guys are weird uh, i i name my character john mccormick by the way that's um a great or, or, name. J- or jack mccormick i can't that's remember even better um the uh yeah so just so you know like you, you get these kind of like a you get these like interesting sort of naming options as you go um but yeah so what i do want to ask you know like and we've had we've had versions of this conversation but like you know, like this is a game about late night, you know, like this is a game about like the, the, the format of late night. And also uh, about like tracing, I suppose, like this particular sounds like kind of weird um, mysterious late night show through the decades. And I guess I just, I want to get a sense of uh, in, the, in our last few minutes here, like what did you go into this game with something that you wanted to say about late night or something you wanted to explore about it? And uh did that and does it have to do with like the and what does that have to do with like the historical angle i guess because you know like you do like as you sort of talked about in the beginning there's this interest in uh the political like the the, like the political spectrum and like what is possible politically and like what like a left and right position is um and how that changes over time at least that's sort of that you seem interested in that based on how you described the the game in the beginning and i guess like what i want to ask is like yeah why late night what is yeah like why did you want to do a game about late night and what does late night have to offer as this kind of um i guess critical framework for understanding history and politics for you
0: yeah so i it's a it's a dense question i'm gonna do my best to sort of uh give a sort of tight answer uh basically the, the this literally started as me and ian ring who i should also mention has been on the show before and uh wanna give nods to him, uh. But me and Ian Ring were sitting there. I helped him make a uh, a uh, uh, vertical slice build as his uh, thesis project for his grad program. I, I wrote it. I wrote it with him, and we were like, "Hey, that was pretty fun. We should make another game." And then Ian was like, "I what should we do?" And then Ian was like, "I don't know. We could make a game about like a, a late night talk show, where you know that like choose your own adventure kind of deal." And I was like, "Yeah, that sounds fun." So that's where we started off. And it happened to work out because again, I was raised on late night, late night has been a huge component in my life. And I wanted to sort of tell a story that again, through that sort of usage of like the passage of time as a uh, as like a narrative framing device um, about the influence that late night TV has, I had and has, but more so had in terms of like its its cultural relevance Late night TV now. Your Seth Meyers, your Stephen Colberts, your Trevor Noahs, etc. Your Greg Gutfeld's. I guess he's now a part of it. um But all all those folks like they cater to a demographic that grew up on that being a staple their entire lives. Um, people your and I's age don't care about late night like maybe we watch clips again of conan on youtube sometimes maybe if seth meyers has a really good guest like you know you'll poke on what seth meyers is doing that's about the extent of it late night is not this sort of be all sort of cultural touchstone that it once was and now it almost feels like when celebrities go on late night shows it feels like more of a courtesy to the host is sort of the vibe i get particularly in covid that was another thing i thought about too is that like you watch COVID and like celebrities like streaming into late night shows, like zooming into late night shows. And this whole vibe of like, ah, you know, you need a guest. I want to support you. And maybe this will sell a few more books. I don't know. Um, like that's kind of the vibe. It feels so airy and unimportant. And yet there was a time when Johnny Carson was one of the commanding voices in entertainment. There was a nice there was a time when David Letterman broke the mold by going absurd and weird and basically lampooning late night on his own late night show. And then Conan doubled down on that. And then Jimmy Fallon was, uh, he did his thing, but then everyone like, <laughs> came, came and, like there was just, it, it was, there was such an importance around it for so long. And I wanted to capture that and I wanted to capture its decline because particularly in the nineties, I don't want to get it. a chapter for the nineties chapter is the one I want to keep the most vague because that's where the most interesting stuff happens. But you are there at the advent of the internet and you are there at a very key critical moment in uplates sort of history. Um, and you are there basically watching uh, I, I don't want to get into it but you're but you're watching this parallel of of the advent of the internet and a brand new form of media that media that completely changes the way everyone does everyone everything and thinks about everything and completely basically makes late night more or less irrelevant and then you have this key critical point in the show, fictional shows history so it's we wanted to sort of tell like give a swan song to why late night matters and mattered but also doesn't matter uh, is the best i can do to describe it another thing and i will keep this mum too this game started as just being about that and then as we wrote it and went on and we lived in this covid age where we were more battered with disinformation than ever and the the horrible political toxicity of our current social landscape, which seemed impossible to get worse, somehow got tremendously worse in the last year and a half. And I wanted to talk about that too. So this game is as much about how much I love what late night was and stands for, and kind of dislike what it is now. And also about how much I hate Fox news, but that's another story for another day. Um, (laughs) but I hate Fox news and I love Conan O'Brien and that's my, that's the, the end of that sentence.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, uh, well, th- thanks. I mean, that's, uh, it's a good answer and yeah, I mean, we're out of time. Uh, so, you know, the, the game is up late with Phil Crocker. Uh, yeah. Real, you know, real uh, quick.
0: I will say where people can find it. Uh, and that is going to be on, I'll say this slow and concisely Ian, like the name Ian M as in Michael ring, like a ring you wear on your finger dot itch.io Slash up dash late dash with dash fill dash Crocker, one more time, IanMRing.itch.io/slash up dash late dash with dash fill dash Crocker. That's where you're gonna find it right now. You can also, if you want to get that link easier, uh, you can, if you so choose. We're not marketing, but if you so choose, you can follow at Purple Car Studio on Instagram and Twitter and uh if that tickles your fancy and the links are provided there as well again this game is an alpha it is still in a fairly early stage there's a lot more work to do on it but we're pretty proud of it and we hope people like it and maybe throw us a few bucks as a donation if they want uh that would be kind of cool too if they want but yeah that's uh that's that's the thing that's the that's the game that's the story all right well
1: i think that's gonna do it for us uh Yeah, take care, everybody.
0: All right, bye. I hate Fox News and I love Conan O'Brien.